I want to thank ReviewBiz for sponsoring today's episode. By the way, did you know that reviews are today's digital word of mouth? It's also one of the most valuable business and marketing assets you have. If you're not maximizing your review strategy, then ReviewBiz platform can help you. Let ReviewBiz inspire your members to give you your first five reviews for only $1. To get started, just go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try. All small business owners suffer from lack of focus, right? right? Small business owners are small, right? Yeah. But if you really develop focus, you'd be a much bigger business. Or is there a belief that is stopping you from growing? So the fastest unlocks have been when beliefs have been broken for me. A gym's not a hospital. No one's going to die if you close it or leave it or change things or like, or if they can't go anymore. Like no one's dying. I think that kind of logical approach as opposed to a very like sensitive approach. Welcome to another great episode of the Gym Owners Growth Zone Podcast, the show designed to help gym owners improve and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Andres Escobar, and I'm so grateful to have you join us today. On today's episode, we interview Ed Turney about his perspective and vision of growing and building a seven-figure gym. Ed will share how to thrive and succeed as an entrepreneur by controlling your emotions and acting at the right time. Ed has been a gym owner for over 10 years and has worked with Gym Launch and Prestige Labs as a client and grew a single location to 1.2 million in 2019. He exited the gym space in 2020 and started working for Prestige Labs and is currently head of growth for the company. He coaches over 700 gyms per month on acquisition and supplement sales. He is also the host of the podcast, Supplement Selling Secrets. Go check it out. If this is your first time listening to our show, please consider subscribing to the podcast and share this episode with someone whom you think will enjoy it. As we dive into the episode, listen to how Ed became top seller. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Thanks again for coming here. We have Ed Turney. Thank you so much for being here with us. Ed, it's so great to have you. I really appreciate you taking the time to be able to share with us in the audience your journey as a gym owner and where you're at right now. And welcome. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Dude, we met like not too long ago, so this is great that we're able just to get this content done for not just me and just us talking because our conversations that we have can we don't share them, it doesn't do anybody any good. You know, it's only good for ourselves. So tell us a little bit about your story and how you came about to be at GymCon, you know, and Prestige Labs. That's that's a, a pretty cool thing. You were the MC, by the way. That was, congratulations. You ever did that before? Uh, no, not MC an event that big, but I did uh, like theater my entire life. So like I'm comfortable being on stage. Everyone's like, you seem so comfortable. I'm like, I just grew up doing it. So like between doing theater, doing martial arts as a kid, like performing martial arts at like tournaments, like it's just part of my DNA. So like I feel more at home, I think on stage than not. <laughs> so yeah. little- Guys, that was 700 gym owners in the audience. That was amazing, by the way. Very, I, I would, I, I told Kale that was one of the best conferences I've ever seen. And I love the part that you, you guys didn't do anything on Sunday, like rest, like very cool. 
<laughs> Best yeah, part. Yeah. Rest and relax. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for that. We, we, uh, it was our first time doing it and we definitely, the team put a lot of effort into it and we've been getting a lot of good feedback. So it feels, feels good. Now the goal is just to double for next year. So we're definitely doing it again. Wow. Um, Amazing. As far as the background, I was a gym owner for 10 years. I had multiple fitness kickboxing gyms, some with franchises, some independently owned. I always did okay. And then I kind of like thought I was really good. And then I met this guy, Alex Ramosi, and I met all of his clients. And I was like, oh, I'm not good at all at business. So I stopped talking about business. And then I actually became a gym launch client first. Gotcha. And, uh, gym launch program. So he was after you as a client. He was coming after you to become a client of his. He wasn't coming after me. I just saw everyone around me making more money. And I was like, what are you guys doing? Actually, one of my best friends like started a, his fitness you know, kickboxing program like shortly after mine and like tripled in like months. And I was like, mm, wow. let me find out what this guy's doing. So I signed up for gym launch. I was probably the easiest sale of all time. I got in the call. I go, I know what it costs. You can skip the PowerPoint. Here's my credit card. I was like, I need to get my ads live because my friend is making more money than me and I can't breathe. Dude, I think the competitive spirit in every gym enthusiast, every every gym, any business owner, period, I think it comes out. And I think if, if you're able to inspire that in your possible customer, I think you're, you're it's a done deal. Awesome. For sure. So signed up, we went from doing about 400 grand a year at the main gym to 1.2 million in the first year with Gym Launch. And I was like, this is way better. One gym? One location. We did 1.2 million. Congrats, dude. Uh, wow. Thanks. It, it's really the system. It's not like yeah. I didn't do anything special. I just executed the plan. And then um, I asked Alex, like, what should I do next? He goes, you should sell the gym because when you hit that peak, he goes, mm. selling is probably the right thing to do. And then I dragged my feet for way too long. And then as I had offers on the table, COVID happened, the offers went away. And so we, we sold for way less than we were, we were planning on doing. But then once I sold and I was out and didn't have any business anymore, Alex gave me a call and said, hey, we need someone to head up Prestige Labs. You sold the most supplements out of all our affiliates. Do you want to just come and teach everybody how to sell subs the way you did? And I said, that sounds like a lot of fun. And then that was two and a half years ago. So now I do that every single day. I help gym owners sell products. Tell us about Prestige Labs a little bit, and then yeah. we'll jump into your story because I think that's a pretty cool product. So Prestige Labs was built out of a frustration that Alex and Layla had that there was no supplement company that one, was built for the gym owner, and two, had really high quality products that the end user would love. So short version, most companies, it's like you buy stuff and you resell it in the gym, which is like tying up cash, run out of flavors. It becomes a hassle to try to like, you know, like everyone gets chocolate, no one gets banana cream and you just like have 11 banana creams left. And like, that's frustrating. And there's also no way to have like consistent revenue. It'd be like you sell it once and then they go on Amazon, they find a better price and then they like hate you. So there's no like price protecting for uh, for affiliates, gym owners. So basically, he came up with the model of all drop shipping. We teach you how to sell. You make the highest margins of any other company. And that client that you sign up is connected to you forever. And they can only get the best price through you as the gym owner. So for example, we sell at a retail price on our public facing, like our Shopify like retail stores, at a higher price than the gym owners can sell it. So this way, if you are associated with one of our sponsored gyms, you know, Julie gets the best price on her pre-workout. And so the gym owner feels good about it. They feel protected. Plus they can monetize it and, and cover the acquisition costs for new clients. I love it. I love it. And I mean, that that's just, it's a great model. And so the gym owner doesn't have to really store the the product at his location, right? Exactly. Come on, man. Best. That's best. awesome. <laughs> so cool, right? And everyone's used to, you know, shipping, getting things at home. So it's very convenient. Boom. Mm -hmm. Hey, if you need something, I think I remember uh, Alex talking about, hey, by the way, we're sold out of this, but go ahead down the store, down the road. You can get it right now so you can get going. But then, you know, then we continue on that. So this is great. I love that that concept of dropshipping, basically. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. your your product. That's awesome, dude. It makes life a lot easier. Much easier. Very cool, dude. So let's just go right into it because you know you have been through the journey. I mean, you talk about COVID and having you know you had a couple bunch of buyers and then all of a sudden boom disappeared and then you have to figure out where what to do next. So just like gym ownership or business ownership, life is a roller coaster, and we know this goes up and down, left and right. And if we don't have anything to hold on to or anything to guide us, we're going to get off the rails and it's going to be a loss. So how do you in your world make sure that you stay on track to be able to accomplish the the goals that you set forth for yourself? Yeah. So I do my best not to overjudge my actions because I'm often wrong. So I, I mess up a lot, right? Like in that whole 2020 era, I made tons of mistakes. Like if I can go back and do things better, I totally would have. I probably acted a little bit too much out of scarcity, which is like against my natural DNA. But like the pressure when applied, I was like, I cracked a little bit. I think it's just about not judging. So like if you let data and logic drive your decisions, you'll probably be better off as an entrepreneur. So the worst mistakes I've ever made are the emotional ones. Fear, scarcity, I'm angry at somebody, I feel rejected, I feel insecure about something because someone said I was mean, whatever, right? Like something like that happens and then I react emotionally and then I make a poor decision from like a place of ego or something like that. Those are the worst decisions I've made. As far as like staying focused and getting things done, like in a good way, it's really just not reacting in the moment. It's like, okay, this is the problem. Let me get all the data. Like show me all of the data. Like, for example, if like clients are mad about something, like because you cancel class times, as opposed to like reacting and being like, oh my God, we gotta, we're going to lose all the clients. It's like, that's emotional. It's like, show me the data. How many people actually need that class time? Are there other classes that they currently come to? Did churn actually spike or are they actually staying? Right? Because like people can complain, but they still pay for the service. It's not that big of a deal. So it's like actually looking at the data, I would say is the best way to really accomplish the goal and not, you know, get off track. But every time I'm emotionally reactive, like I don't do well. <laughs> Personally, I think everybody understands that and listens to that and, and really connects with it. And this is not, this is actually the first time we actually hear it on the show. So I, I love having that principle. Like, look at data. Like, the data should be your guardrails. And if it doesn't align, doesn't make sense, then, you know, continue on track. <laughs> yeah. Logic. Logic is the good way to run a business. It makes sense. It makes sense. But, you know, we're, you know, emotional creatures sometimes, you know, and, and, and sometimes we don't control our trigger points. And that's something that's another topic completely going down the path of that. That's for sure. But you know, things that when you don't go off, off, when you do go off rails, right, you create obstacles. And so do you recall an obstacle that you had, you know, a challenge in your business that you had where you were able to overcome it? I mean, a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which business owner does not, right? The thing is like, which one can I remember? <laughs> Because I want to forget them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the one that jumps out at me right away is that really early on, my my very first hire. So like when you don't know anything, you don't know how to interview, they had to onboard, you're just the first person that kind of like says, I'll work for you and do some do some stuff. Uh, hired her. Terrible decision. Didn't train her well, didn't set expectations. So it was just kind of a stressful thing. Ultimately, the classic story of she leaves, she steals money, she steals clients, like that thing happened. And totally my fault. Like I have no... like. Do not blame her at all. Like I did a terrible job at all the things, right? But then the issue of I have two other trainers that were hired after her and they're all close. So I was like, how do I navigate this situation? Because I can't lose the other two, right? And this one's gone and like locks changed. <laughs> like I have to have the meeting now with the other two and they're all friends. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, 
I need to be very, very patient in this moment because if I point fingers, if I blame this other girl for you know stealing and if I accuse her of things, if I have that negative approach, I think I'm going to lose the whole team. I said, but I know in my heart I'm right. Like I know that like I was not dishonest and this person was. Again, my fault for not setting expectations, but like she did wrong. So I was like, if I'm just patient long enough and I show up consistently as a good leader with these other two coaches for long enough, I just believed that the truth would kind of come up and that they would see the situation for what it is. That's what I did. So I really took my time and I never said a bad word about this person. And I said, I understand where you guys are coming from. I go, it's totally up to you if you don't want to continue. I go, but here's my plan for fixing things in the future. And I was very, very, very calm and patient. And about 45 days later, those two coaches came to me. They were like, hey, so we kind of got to the bottom of things and just wanted to say thanks for you know keeping it positive. And I was like, awesome. And then we kept growing. That was like early, early days. And I think if I didn't navigate it that way, I wouldn't have had a gym, <laughs> you know? is a beautiful word to hear when you're scoring on the soccer field. This last World Cup was won by Argentina because of one important player. Yeah, you got it. It was the goalie. He secured the win for the team. And in the same way, ReviewBiz platform will catch negative reviews before they go online. In addition, it helps you score and promote fresh new reviews so you can crush the competition. So don't let those big box gyms take your clients. ReviewBiz will help you build your online presence and turn your own members into your best sales reps. Get your first five reviews for only $1. All you got to do is go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try to get started. It seems like the theme of this episode of this interview is like emotions. Like Man, listen, I actually heard it before. It says, you know, emotions are a great uh, slave, but a horrible master, you know, (laughs) you know, if you can actually manage your emotions and make them use for for good and for for bad, then it's going to be powerful. And I think same thing for technology, right? And if you actually use technology, it, it doesn't tell you what to do and you actually tell it and manage it correctly. Same thing. Man, become the, the, the power and just more power in your trigger points and all that stuff. So that's good. Good stuff, dude. So are there any particular stories you've had of people that have influenced you in in a positive way? You know, the story about, you know, people in your life that, you know, in my life, if I don't have mentors to help me and guide me, uh, some some people say, uh, uh, lion, not sheep. I don't know if you've ever seen that or, you know, but sometimes we are sheep. Like we need to be like, you know, helped out and guided and told and protected sometimes. So is there anybody in your life that can stick out in your head where, man, this person through this time in my life, I needed them? Who, who would I mean, be? there's a countless number of people. I mean, if we're speaking about gym stuff, I mean, meeting Alex and Layla Hormozzi was the pivotal moment of my business career, like by short, like not even close, right? When did you meet him? Um, 2019. Oh, cool. I, I met them 2019 as well. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then San Diego. Yeah. So really just they are the embodiment of just like living what you lead and just being like the core tenants inside their business, the core tenants inside their life. And like that congruency, I never really saw it that profoundly in like a business mastermind or mentorship, whatever, until I met them. I saw people that did really well and like they said certain things on stage and then they were different off stage. You know, like 
hypocrisy huge (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and they were the first people that i really met that i was like oh they're gonna be crazy successful because they were so consistent and so i think the lesson of consistency is probably the thing i took from them the most and you're consistent when it's easy you're consistent when it's hard you're consistent when you're emotional you you just you're consistent and you show up and do the work that's probably the as far as business stuff that's the most influential that's awesome yeah you know that's uh we don't i mean I don't know them as close as you do, but definitely it's good to see. I've heard of people, and I'm not going to mention who, but they're on stage one way and then off stage they're they're treating people like crap. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, no. Uh-huh. Um, what's, where's, the, where's the door? Where's the exit? <laughs> How do I get out of here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to be a part of that, man. That's awesome that you're able to find and connect with them and they're able to influence you in that way. That's great. So in the fitness industry, there's things that need to be improved and you as, as a gym owner and being, you know, in front of a lot of gym owners, you're in it. What is something that you see that needs to be dealt with? It's the biggest issue. Like we can't have any more of this. If we are to survive and thrive, what needs to change? Tell us. Yeah. So it's a question I probably get the most often. And from my perspective, gym owners are just running the wrong business. So they believe they are in the fitness game when they are actually in the coaching game. And so if you sell fitness, you will not survive, especially if we got a heavy recession coming, which maybe we're already in it, who knows. But fitness is a commodity, right? So if you have a boutique gym, I'm speaking more to like the boutique gym owners, which is more where I live. Health clubs is similar, but like the boutique, like your CrossFit, your kickboxing gym, your boot camp, your you know functional strength training, something like that, that $150 bucks to $200 a month program. If the only value prop you have is your workouts, you're not going to make it because all the data is very clear. People will go to another place that is cheaper if they're just comparing apples to apples. But if you are a transformation center, if you are a coaching company, if it's fitness, nutrition, and accountability, and accountability is the heavily weighted part of this, right? Then you're in a category of one. And if you're in a category of one and you sell results, not workouts, you can make it through anything. But that is a mental shift that I had to make when I had my gym. I remember sitting with my team being like, hey guys, as of today, we're no longer a gym. And they were like, huh? I was like, we are now a coaching company. Let me explain. Because if we didn't make that shift, we wouldn't have asked the right questions. We wouldn't have focused on the right things. We wouldn't have known the direction to go. So fitness is a commodity. You get free workouts online, right? (laughs) But the accountability and coaching and the human connection is the thing that people actually want to pay for. I love it. I got to tell you a story because in, I don't even know, is it 2021? Yeah. So I saw somebody on social media and they're doing ice baths and I reached out. They're doing a coaching. They're in Canada. I'm in Florida. We reached out. We did a, a call. He sold me. I'm like, yes, I want this. I'm like, but I pay for it. I pay for it. But, you know, and it was, I told him, listen, I feel stuck and everybody feels stuck at some point in time. But he helped me with habit tracking and getting things, mindset all these things, beliefs, all this stuff, dude, so good. More powerful than signing up for a gym membership. But he did coach me and train me and as well from far away, like it could be done. So this is exactly what you're talking about. I see that progression in this industry. We are moving forward. There's people that are still in the behind, but that's okay. Listen, there's a need for everybody. So hopefully we'll evolve and transform into something better. So love this. So what is something that is inhibited growth in your life that, or you know, that if you didn't have that affect you, you would be much further away. 
And a lot of people tell us like, well, no, I want to go through all my challenges. I hear you. I understand those challenges are important. But what is something that you could say, you know what? If I could have just done this sooner, boom, mm-hmm. we would have been here better, faster. Yeah. So what's great about entrepreneurship is that when your business is plateaued, it means you're plateaued as a human being. There's something that you are stuck at if your business is stuck. So it's a wonderful like metric to be like, we're at the same revenue level for the last six months. That means you are personally at the same level for the last six months. Wow. Right? Listen up, guys. This is going to be deep. I feel it. This is good. <laughs> I love it. I'm feeling good about this. And so I'll take a framework directly from Alex because where I learned from him. There's only three things that humans really like can grow in, right? There's skills, there's character traits, and there's beliefs. Those are kind of the three buckets, right? So if your business is stuck, you got to ask yourself, is there a skill that I do not know how to do that I have to improve on? Maybe you just suck at sales, right? And your business has been stuck at $15,000 a month on word of mouth and organic marketing referrals and all that stuff. But like the only people you can sell are the hot leads that came in because their best friend lost 40 pounds. Like that's not sales. That's collecting payments, <laughs> right? Sales is when someone that doesn't know you, doesn't trust you, sits down and 20 minutes later, they give you a credit card. That's a sale. So that's skills. So do you need to develop a skill? Second bucket, right, is traits. Do you have all of the skills, but you lack a particular trait like consistency, like focus, like focus? <laughs> and that again, because like the gym owners, I mean, all small business owners suffer from lack of focus, right? right? Squirrel. Right, right. Right. <laughs> small business owners are small, right? Yeah. But if you really develop focus, you'd be a much bigger business. Yeah. Or is there a belief that is stopping you from growing? So the fastest unlocks have been when beliefs have been broken for me. So when I launched supplements at my gym, I dragged my feet for five months because I thought that supplements were bad and evil and unethical and all this other head trash. And then I did actual research and understood quality versus not quality. And then we launched and we did $50,000 in the first month. And I was like, oh, my belief changed, right? I had a belief shift. I didn't develop a new skill. I didn't develop a new trait. But my beliefs were broken by seeing other people do it and other people get great results from it. Not just like money results, but like health results. And I was like, got it. My belief changed. So either... Skills, traits, or beliefs have to be added or changed to get past the plateau. So that's kind of how I look at things. I love it. Because we hear a lot about mindset. I think it was Alex. I'm not sure. Someone I heard, it's like, in order to change a mind that's set, you need to have a new belief that will help you change your mindset. (laughs) So that's so good. Solid gold nuggets. Now we're going to go to the wrapping it up, Rand. Fast five. I know... Time is of essence. So let me go through this real quick. And actually, I might skip one because we have already, you're an influential person. You already told us. That's good. What's one thing you wish you had known when you began your business? There's a lot. What's the most important? Probably that it's not a family, it's a team. Meaning we get really, really emotional with those first like 20, 30, 40, 50 people, whether it's clients, team members, employees, whatever. And I did not let people go soon enough clients and employees because I thought that my ego held me back from letting them go because I thought like, oh my God, they'll never do better than me. I need to protect everybody. I need to, right? They're my family. I got to hold on to everybody. And it's like, well, that's not true. And that might sound harsh for people right out there because I would have been like, this guy's an idiot too if I heard this 10 years ago. But understanding that it is a team model and like I am the head coach, they're the team members. And when you cut a team member, or they transfer to another team, that might be a better opportunity for them. And so to not be so like, emotional and ego driven about those decisions to be like, just understand like this is not, here's my one line I always say, a gym's not a hospital. No one's going to die if you close it or leave it or change things or like, or if they can't go anymore, like no one's dying. So 
I think that kind of logical approach as opposed to a very like sensitive approach. Yeah, that's good because I don't know, there's a book called The Slight Edge and it's like, if you eat one burger, you're not going to gain 50 pounds. But if you did, you wouldn't eat that one burger. <laughs> if you smoke one cigarette, you're not going to get lung cancer, but smoke a whole bunch of them, you know, you might. So if one was going to determine it, like not going to gym one day, not going, you know, it's not going to, no one's going to die. No one's going to die. It's not that important. I just love it. The book, podcast, blog, some media you've recently consumed that has positively impacted you that you can think of recently. The two shows on YouTube that probably were the foundational like business mindset, like personality drivers of mine was Ask Gary V Show. Those yeah. first 200 episodes, yeah, like yeah. the old school, very tactical, like that sure. was amazing. And then Impact Theory, the first 100 episodes of that, I would say it was very like huh. sculpting of how I viewed like fixed mindset versus abundance, things like that. Those are like the classic ones. Well, you have some good content. Like I'm, I'm, you know, let let's make sure we put that in the show notes. Those two, and then and then put Ed stuff. Ed's uh, Instagram's great stuff, man. This is a, another one real here, real quick. It's uh, online presence, and what do you think about that online presence in in your world and how it looks upon to reality in terms of like what people do wrong or how do you leverage it? What do you mean? Either or, like, what's your perception of online presence? How I reflects reality and things in that nature. Like, I mean, most people are full of crap, right? Just because they're remarkably insecure. I think the only people that win online in light, whatever, are people that are just super, super honest with themselves. So like, I mean, this is cliche, but like flexing in front of the Lambo that isn't yours is not going to gain any attention from anybody that actually matters. So it's like, are you trying to get attention from the people that don't matter? Well, that's weird. Like the 18 year old kids that like don't matter. Like, I don't mean to like they don't matter, but like if you're trying to grow in business, you're not going to get the attention of like real entrepreneurs by flexing in front of the Lambo, right? But it's like, if you want to sell the 18-year-old kid your course on how to get a Lambo when you don't have one, like don't do that. But also those people that do that live terribly, like inside their own minds, like they don't sleep well because they know that they're being dishonest and disingenuous with themselves. So back to impact theory, Tom Bilyeu's quote that like haunts me in a good way is the only thing that matters is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. And so I just think about that if I think about like, should I post this, not post this? And like, I think very little about it. I just like, I click post because I only talk about what I know. I'm never going to chime in on anything I do not feel confident in. <laughs> so people use authentic and all those words, but just like, do you feel good about what you're doing? Like, that's kind of my litmus test. I love it. So good. Last one on the fast five is what's a habit or a practice that you do and you believe everybody would benefit from? I don't think there's any habit that any, that everybody would benefit from because I think humans are radically different people. Yeah. What do I benefit the most from habit-wise? I learned this from my best friend's oldest son. He's three and a half now. And when he was like two-ish, my buddy goes, I learned something from my son today. And I was like, tell me. And he goes, every single time he walks past a mirror, he smiles at himself. And I was like, that's cool. And he was like, he goes, there's something about that. He goes, I look at the mirror and I'm like, oh man, I'm getting old, you know? He goes, but my three-year-old like looks at himself and gets so excited and smiles. And I was like, and I adopted that. I'll even like be in a bathroom in like an airport. I like, I like smile, like wink at myself. And no, no, just like a nice reminder of like, you're doing good, buddy. It's like a self-affirmation thing, I guess. So I know that's super silly, but it's the first thing that came to mind. That's awesome, dude. I love it. I think if no one's doing that, I think they're going to probably start doing it a little bit, you know, yeah. more. You know, yeah, not, not? not to take it on, but that would be great. And I'd like to wrap up with this single question. And it's, mm -hmm. if you could go back 
and speak to 12-year-old Ed, what mm. piece of advice would you give him? You're going to be just fine. <laughs> like Things are going to work out. The only thing I wish the younger version of me did sooner was be more coachable sooner. I wasn't coachable till I was like late 20s. Like I just wasn't. I just thought I knew everything. So I'd probably give him that advice, but he wouldn't listen. So I don't even know. I don't even think there's a way I could have told him to listen. I'd just be like, it's going to work out, man. You're going to be you're gonna be just fine. Don't worry. Be more coachable. I love it. Thank you, man. That's awesome, dude. Man, powerful interview. Thank you so much for jumping on here. Guys and everybody, I hope you enjoyed it. Ed, thanks for coming on. Cool, man. See you guys soon. Man, that was a fun episode. I really enjoyed what Ed said about seeing your business as a transformation center instead of just a fitness center. The transformation center mindset can have a big impact in your business, your local market, and the world. Make sure to check out Ed's social media. It's You got to check it out. I hope you found this episode as informative and valuable as I did. If you have any questions or feedback, please let us know about today's show and feel free to connect with us on Instagram with at ReviewBiz and with me at MeetEsco. By the way, what was your favorite takeaway from the episode? Connect with us on MeetEsco on Instagram and share the message with us. We would love to hear your thoughts. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show on the platform you're currently listening. And remember to leave us a rating and review so we can improve the show with your feedback. It's so important. It would also mean the world to us. Also, subscribe to this YouTube channel and get the same amazing content plus more. As always, I want to thank you for your encouragement and truly appreciate you listening to the podcast and helping us improve with your comments. And I'll be seeing you next time on The Growth Zone. Our show today was brought to you by our incredible team, starting with production from TSE Studios, music consulting by Tyler Schmeling, our lovely guest coordinator, Anna Ponce, and Focus Juice from our project coordinator, Mauricio Murillo, and myself, Andres Escobar, as the host. Thanks to ReviewBiz for sponsoring this episode. And if you want to get the most out of your review strategy, then go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try so you can get your first five reviews from your real members for only $1.